0: There and welcome back to the GamecockScoop.com podcast. I'm Caleb and I'm joined by Alan. This is the official podcast of GamecockScoop.com on Rivals. And we got a big ball game tomorrow. Uh South Carolina is playing in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville versus the Notre Dame fighting Irish. That is at
1: 3, 3:30. I 3:30. 3:30 on ESPN.
0: on ESPN, um, 3:30 Eastern. So very short um before we get into that fully though i do want to just really quickly go over recruiting which is what we usually do at the top of the podcast um last time we talked to you i was in a starbucks it was miserable glad (laughs) to be there right now um sorry starbucks it's nothing against you it's just you know maybe turn the holiday music down a little bit um good
1: acoustics in my jacksonville hotel room here i think we're doing okay
0: (laughs) um so yeah, last last time we talked, we kind of gave you a long list of tight end names that we kind of were trying to tell you were coming, but didn't, you know, we we let people have their moment and all that. Um, so since then, uh we've you you know the, the tight end room seemed empty and it's very much not empty anymore. So um you had Reed Mceska, who's a 2023 recruit, highly sought after, um flipped initially from Clemson to Miami, now flipped from Miami to South Carolina and sent in his uh, official NLI, uh, National Letter of Attent, um, last week. So that is a done deal. Um, you also had Trey Knox, Arkansas tight end, who we speculated might follow his position coach, Dal Loggins, uh, to South Carolina, and he made that official. And then yesterday we also had tight end Joshua Simon, who um, holds the single-season record at Western Kentucky for receiving touchdowns after a pretty prolific year in that department this year, um, also announcing that he is transferring to South Carolina. So ultimately, I mean, uh, you add that on to Nick Elskins, you add that on to, um, which was the Florida um, transfer that we talked about last week, you add that on to Cameron Sandlin, you add that on to Connor Cox, um you add that on to the potential of a Nicholas Harbor, who I'm gonna talk a little bit more about here in a second. Um, you know, it's it's arguable that the tight end room is in better shape now than it would have been um had Stagner and Gene Bell stepped around. At the very least, I don't think that there's a huge drop off, um, which is what people were dooming and glooming uh, about whenever both those guys announced their transfer. They kind of did a rebuild
1: on the fly there. It's kind of the way I'd put it. Um, Yeah, obviously, you're losing Adkins, too, after the bowl game. He's the one here still going to play. But you're down all four of those guys with Adkinian in. And, yeah, it's a rebuild on the fly. You've got, obviously, the guys in the class, uh, the recruiting class you just mentioned coming in. You're going to – and Nicholas Harbour would change everything, of course. That immediately changes what you feel about the tight end room and just really the recruiting class in general, I think. But, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be fine there. It's not – The list of pressing concerns about the 2023 roster, um, which I'm sure we'll do that in another show, another time in January, but I don't think tight end is anywhere near that. It might've been two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but it's not now. Now, I don't think it's even close to the top of that list anymore, which is a credit to the staff and probably Dowell Loggins too. Let's face it for helping to rebuild that pretty quickly.
0: Definitely. They're still going to have to get creative in the bowl game, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, But It looks like they're set up pretty well for the season. Um, some other recruiting notes, uh, Lenora Sellers, who we talked a little bit about last week, uh, 2023 quarterback that was committed to Syracuse through most of the process for like a year and a half or so, um, flipped at at the last minute on Friday to South Carolina. Um, that's after getting offered by South Carolina in October, the staff really did a good job of making up lost ground there, um. My initial concern was just that they had kind of waited too late um, to make that offer. And Syracuse had shown him that they that he was a priority early and often or whatever. But, um, you know, the South Carolina convinced him that they're trying their best to keep the best players in state at home in every recruiting class. And it was obvious that Len- Lenore Sellers was one of the best high school players in the state of South Carolina this past year. Um, I mean, he won the mvp of the shrine bowl um leading the the south over the north um won a he, state title game too yeah exactly and put up like a, an absurd stat line in the state title game i can't remember the specifics but i believe it was like 300 yards passing three touchdowns and put like up like 200.
1: 60 points in that game um against yeah. northwestern high school uh was,
0: yeah and then he ran for another 200 yards and a couple touchdowns Absolutely. so just a, absurd athlete um i don't know How's going to fit into a very crowded quarterback room? Um, but yeah, how
1: do you? I guess that's kind of the other point here. Is got there's still a Rattler decision to be made, which we're going to talk about later. He addressed that again today. You have got Luke Doty there. Tanner Bailey, by all accounts, has really shot up and done well as a freshman. He's on the travel roster. He's by all accounts QB three now after coming in being like four or five. Um, Colton Gauthier is still here. Um, who am I missing? Braden Davis is still here, and then you've got
0: Lenore ben- Sellers.
1: Was- and Dante Reno's in the pipeline behind him. So and Jalen Daniels, yeah. So it's a lot there. I you would expect something to move there at some point. It's just there's too many cooks in the kitchen, I would think. Um, but I would imagine whatever dominoes are falling there probably come after Spencer Rattler makes his decision,
0: I would assume. Definitely. It's it's a good problem to have, but you're right that yeah. something's gonna have to give eventually. There's too much talent in that room. Um but you know, you just gotta hope that you keep people um, with the same mission uh, long enough to kind of figure out who those top one or two guys are. And then for better or worse, I mean, it, it's better for the individuals too to have them move on and go, you know, figure it out somewhere else or whatever. But uh, like I said, good problem to have. A lot of, a lot of talent in that room right now. A um, couple more recruiting notes. Um, many of you may have noticed on Rivals uh, commitment list, uh, which is very easy to access if you go to Gamecockscoop.com. Hit recruiting at the top. Um, the dropdown has commitment lists. Um, the only group uh, of the 23 commits uh, that South Carolina has that did not sign in the early signing period was Xavion uh, Hardy or Zay Hardy. Um, and we kind of told you what was going on there on the Insiders Forum. Uh, you can read more about that if you want to look back. But basically, there was a clearinghouse issue. The last word from Xavier Hardy, um, so this is you know what Rivals got from straight from the horse's mouth or whatever, uh, was that he got cleared on Christmas Day, is what he says, and that he's planning to sign uh, in February, that um, he's still totally solid, all that. So we'll see if that plays out that way. Um, we kind of have heard a couple of different things about what's going on behind the scenes there. but uh, what what we do know for sure is that he is completely solid with um, South Carolina and that he is planning on signing with South Carolina eventually. Um, and the timeline right now looks like February. Um, mentioned Joshua Simon. the other the other note um, that we briefly mentioned is Nicholas Harbor, who uh, is the la the biggest remaining recruit on the board for South Carolina um, for several teams. One of the biggest recruits remaining on the well, board all. We've been saying that since
1: about August that yeah. he's the biggest one left on the board.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, he just announced uh, through Rivals, through a Rivals exclusive interview with Adam Friedman, that he is um, taking a official visit to Oregon. Um, that's in addition to his top three right now. Not an official top three, but we kind of all think that the top three is Maryland, Michigan, and South Carolina. Um, the thing that Maryland and Oregon both have to offer here that I think is an interesting to kind of keep keep in mind is, is the money, and also because he is, he has dreams, like Olympic dreams, of being a track athlete in addition to playing football. Um, I think both of those companies, Nike being associated with Oregon, Under Armour being associated with Maryland, um, it'll be interesting to see if, at the end of the day, anything nil wise um, sort of plays out there, um, because again, it, it, you, if, if he truly is, you know, this two-sport future Olympian, um, which he has that sort of potential, uh, it could be smart for either of those companies to kind of get in early there. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. I don't want to speculate too much. I haven't heard any specific deals from Under Armour, or Nike or any that's, of that. That's going to um, be his
1: last official visit though, right? Because he's been to South Carolina, Maryland, Michigan, and LSU for four already. So Oregon would be it then, right?
0: The thing that the article – let me let me pull that up. And I'll clarify that. Yeah, no, you're good. I'll clarify that and just because um, I'm pretty sure it said – fourth visit, but you're right. I think he has already taken five, so maybe that was just uh, oversight, or maybe I missed something. Um, but yeah, so that's that's something to look at. I do think South Carolina is still in position here, but I, you know, I put in a future cast for um, Harbor to South Carolina back in November, October, something like that. And I do think South Carolina really had seized a lot of momentum there for a second, and now I think it's a little bit more uh, neck and neck it's going to be kind of interesting how how that plays that's out it's going to
1: be a frantic finish for obviously a very important recruit on shane beamer's board going into february signing day
0: so he did not make it to lsu um, uh, okay so actually, that would be my that's my mistake yeah, then i actually reported that back back then but i had forgotten it um i think he had like a game or something that um was a conflict with the date that he was going to go to LSU. Okay, so, he's so we're been- gonna, he
1: still does have another official visit left after he goes to Eugene.
0: Yes, and that could be at LSU or, you know, could be somewhere else. But, yeah, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, you can read that full article on the Insiders Forum right now, um, and I'll have it posted on the front page of Gamecock Scoop here shortly there's a lot going on today so um but definitely something to look at all right let's talk bowl game there is a bowl game uh in about there's a
1: football game in jacksonville in 27 hours ish yeah
0: exactly um so i thought the easiest place to start for those of you that maybe checked out a little bit after the end of the season they're now checking back in because there's football happening again um there's several opt-outs on both sides here um i would say some at crucial positions for both, but but maybe Notre Dame's hit a little bit harder. Alan, I don't know if you kind of have a list um, in mind uh, for each team, real quick. Kind but a who, decent who, one put together. Yeah, who's opting so, out? For start with
1: team. South Carolina. Um, you're obviously we, we we already hit on the tight ends. Bell in the portal. Stogner in the portal. Kenyon gone. So you're down to Nate Atkins. Only Nate Atkins. They put the two D. depth chart out on Sunday, and you got two players to every position except tight end because there is literally one tight end left. So, obviously, there, secondary is going to be missing players. You've got Cam Smith and Darius Rush. They both declared for the NFL draft. Um, Devani Reed declared but also was injured anyway, so you don't know which reason he's out. But either way, Devani Reed at safety, he will not be playing tomorrow. So, down there, you're down three in the secondary. You're going to be seeing a lot of DQ Smith, a lot of Nick Emanwuri, Kawan Banks probably. I wrote a story earlier this week. You can check it out. This was... Monday, I think, first one I did here about kind of those younger players in the secondary or Keenan Nelsons. Uh, Beamer said does think Anthony Rose is going to play, which I think that'll be his first defensive snaps of the season. Um, so it's so been in the secondary. Up front, uh, down Zach Pickens. Uh, he declared for the NFL draft, probably going to be a big round pick. It's And Gilbert Edmonds in the transfer portal, so you're down one interior and one outside defensive lineman. And then Marshawn Lloyd, obviously, the transfer portal. Uh, so you're down to Christian Smith, Eugene McDowell at running back. Um, Josh Van is injured, he, the injury he will not play. And we've got confirmation today that Jalen Brooks also will not play with his off the field situation. So you're down a couple receivers there too. Um, I think that's everything for South Carolina. Did I miss anything obvious?
0: No, that's, that sounds right. And yeah, that sounds like a, a really long list. I mean, a, a longer list uh, than Notre Dame, but I think more replaceable pieces um, perhaps than, than I one think the Notre big Dame thing is,
1: thing? Well, I'm going to get to Notre Dame in a second, but I think the big thing is Spencer Rattler is playing. Antoine Walls jr. Is playing. You got a connection. There is a pipeline in the passing game. You can do things against this Notre Dame secondary. You, I would say probably the two most important players on the offense are there. Um, and that alone puts them ahead of Notre Dame, which talk about their big connection this year. You had, Michael Mayer this year, the tight end, probably going to be a first round pick in the NFL draft. He had over 800 receiving yards. No one else even got the 400 on the, on the fighting Irish. He declared the draft. He's opting out of the ball game. Uh, and their quarterback who started the last 10 games, of the regular season, drew pine, uh, is in the transfer portal. Um, so they're going with Tyler Buckner, who has not played since he was benched after losing to Marshall in week two. Um, so not a lot of film there from South Carolina perspective on Buckner. He's played in two college games. Um, uh, um, but he's still there. And then on defense, I think this has kind of gone under the radar, um, because everyone's looking at mayor and Pine, and rightfully so, they're excellent. Isaiah Foskey is Notre Dame's all-time leader in sacks in the whole history of that program. He was fourth in the nation in sacks this season. Uh, he's not playing in the bowl game, obviously, out the NFL draft. That is, I would argue, a bigger loss defensively than anything South Carolina is losing. South Carolina is losing more players, but. You're talking about one of the elite edge rushers in college football, um, not just at Notre Dame, but anywhere who's not going to be playing in this bowl game. Um, I think that really helps South Carolina's offensive. Oh, speaking of that, Dylan Juan, I'm not playing the bowl game. He's going to be Tasha. Wanamaker want make it right tackle for South Carolina. I knew I, I knew I missed one South Carolina guy um, that I think that I think about covers it. So I think the way I said it to you before we started more quantity for South Carolina missing, but I think more quality, not Maybe more qualities, not the right word, more important players missing for Notre Dame, not to slight any of the guys out for South Carolina, obviously, but that's kind of the way I see it stacking up.
0: Yeah, I would say more irreplaceable, right? Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. There's, no, there's no other
1: Michael Mayer. There's no other Isaiah Foskey, and we'll see about Buckner. I don't think they have another Drew Pine there.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the thing with me like you think Zach Pickens, he's a pretty big loss because uh Notre Dame is pretty good at running the ball. That's what they're going to try to do um especially with a backup quarterback that like you noted didn't have the best um six passing the ball in his two games before he got injured. Um he can run the ball a little bit, so you know, might even see a little bit uh, I,
1: I would think you're going to see a lot of that, considering what we saw South Carolina not struggle, or not do well stopping against Arkansas, against Florida, against Missouri. I think you'd see plenty of that.
0: Yeah, so you will feel the Pickens loss, but I also think you saw a lot of that interior defensive line grow over the course of the year. You saw Tonka Hemingway step up. Uh, Boogie Huntley seems like he's pretty healthy now. Um, MJ Webb. Exactly. So I do think you have some depth in there that can kind of mitigate that a little bit. The Gilbert, Gilbert Edmund loss is confusing and um interesting. Like we mentioned when he went into the portal where we were like, isn't he kind of set up to be the starter um for the for the foreseeable future? But whatever. Um so that'll be interesting to see if they can set the edge there without him. I, I mean I know um what was it? Brian Thomas Jr. got some action throughout the season. I'm sure he'll uh he's play listed as there. a starter
1: right now opposite Jordan Birch at edge and your backups are the two deep at least, take it for what it's worth are Hot rod Fitton, and Tyreek Johnson.
0: And we we we've heard that um Tonka Hemingway might slide out a little bit and play Yeah, he did like that earlier
1: in the, the season. I think that there's a good chance he's played some some edge snaps in this game.
0: So I, I do think you mitigate some of those losses, but I do I mean that's that's gonna be a storyline to watch is the Ken as front hold up against the the run. Um because I think the game plan and, and this is something that you can read later on Gamecocksgroup.com. We do a view from the other side feature, um, and we talked to... um Inside James, Notre Dame Sports. Notre Dame, Sports, Notre Dame Sports. Yeah. And yeah. one of the th- things he kind of mentioned was like South Carolina, their game plan should be, and what I think it will be, uh, is to sell out to stop the run and force Buckner to beat them with their arm. Um, now you're missing, you know, Cam Camp Smith, you're a little... And uh, Darius Rush, so you're a little... Thinner on the back end than you have been throughout the season, but you have a lot of talent back there. um, And I do think that that's, that's the game plan. Although it won't surprise me if Notre Dame puts up some points in this one, just because it won't surprise me if both teams put up some points in this one, because both defenses are missing some of their uh, better NFL quality players from throughout the season.
1: Yeah. I guess my thing with the passing game with Notre Dame is just, I mean, we talked about the numbers a little bit. They're pretty ridiculous. How, heavy the target share was, the workload. I mean, looking at it now, Michael Mayer caught 67 passes, and next closest was Lorenzo Stiles at 30. Michael Mayer had nine touchdowns. Nobody else had more than three on Notre Dame. Like He was heavy, heavy, heavy. He was, I don't want to say the whole passing game, but he was kind of the whole passing game. I'm not sure how Notre Dame's going to be able to throw the wall of the boundary. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to really test the secondary, especially deep down the field. Um, I don't want to say they can't, because they're not going to run. I'm not going to line up and run the ball 75 times. Like they will throw the ball at some point, um, but I think of all the games to not have your top two corners, this is a good draw for South Carolina, I guess, so to speak, compared to some of the other possible ball opponents they could have played.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, so one name to look out for on Notre Dame. Those of you that aren't familiar with Notre Dame's roster, I certainly wasn't. You know, other than. Uh, Then beat clemson which you know that was a fun night um but uh wide receiver lorenzo styles he apparently had a big bowl game last year but he's kind of struggled with drops throughout the year this year um and then yeah the three running backs are are really going to be um where the offense comes from for notre dame or what they're going to try to do uh on offense, and that's Audric Estime. Is that did, did we say that's how you say it? Estime, um, I think, yeah. Estime, uh, Logan Diggs and Chris Tyree. Um, Estime kind of leading that group there, but and then, like I said, Buckner's gonna run the ball a little bit too, so something to, to look out for.
1: There's four guys with legs here that could cause, um, can cause South Carolina some problems here. And you know, between those three running backs, you've got 17 touchdowns this year, like almost 2,000 yards, like they're. This is going to look style-wise, game plan-wise, probably a lot like what South Carolina saw at Florida and a lot like what they saw at Kentucky with Chris Rodriguez. So you've got one good data point and one bad one there. Um, I feel like we've had this conversation about, okay, just stop the run. Probably at least half these games this year, even going back to the Georgia State game week one, that was kind of their identity too. Like, I feel like we're not breaking any new ground here, but this is a stop the run, you're going to win game tomorrow. I think we can safely say yeah. Granted,
0: Florida had a bit of a game breaker there with Anthony Richardson. I don't say Richardson, I don't think Buckner, yeah, I, <laughs> Buckner yeah. is quite um, as skilled as, as that. I mean, he is he is dual threat, but um, I don't I just don't think he has the ability to take He's over. But not right. NFL dual threat. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, let's let's kind of get more into how these two teams. Uh, compare with each other. They're really kind of mirror images of each other in a lot of ways. Um, we talked about this when we first kind of were previewing the matchup. Uh, Notre Dame is really good on special teams. They've blocked seven punts this season. Um, I know that uh, Pete Limbo has gotten pretty animated as you guys have talked to him uh, over the last couple of weeks about that challenge. Um, they are pretty similar on defense in the sense that they haven't been dominant. Uh, but they tend to get things done. They play like a bend-but-don't-break style, which is what South Carolina's defense is primarily done. Um, and then offense, I would say South Carolina actually probably has the advantage on offense even before um, things, you know, b- before the, the departures for Notre Dame. Um, but South Carolina's been inconsistent on offense. You know, are we going to get the offense that showed up the last two games? Or are we going to get the offense that showed up against Missouri and Florida? Um, that'll be Something that's kind of interesting. To say who who's con plays, you know, all those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, I think the mirror image thing kind of you have got two teams that got better as the year went on, is kind of the best way to put it. I know Notre Dame lost their last game of the regular season. They were on the road at USC playing a Heisman trophy winner. Okay. Uh but Notre Dame started 0-2. They're eight and two since. They obviously had the win over Clemson. They beat a pretty good North Carolina team in their stadium soundly. They went on the road to Syracuse and beat them pretty soundly. Um This is a – it's a weird year. They've got four losses. They've got two ridiculous ones, to Marshall and Stanford, and two perfectly fine on the road at Ohio State, on the road at USC. But you kind of say the same thing about South Carolina, right? Like, you lose to Georgia, fine. You lose on the road to Arkansas when they were healthy and kind of peaking, okay. And then you get popped by Missouri and Florida. So kind of the same deal. Obviously, the big ones over Clemson are both teams. I think the special teams point is really pertinent. We haven't gotten to that a lot yet. Um, These are two – the top four teams in the country in block kicks this year got 13 between these two teams combined um both down in the return game I know Marcus Freeman puts a big emphasis on special teams in general kind of the way same way Shane beamer does um I feel like kai Kohler is gonna throw a pass tomorrow is that that's not too outlandish to say is it
0: uh so I mean we saw a lot of um trickery I guess last year in the bowl game um we've seen it you know in games where they felt like they had nothing to lose, uh, like Tennessee or, or Georgia or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I know they talked to Juju McDowell about him playing some wildcat potentially, which you know, <laughs> felt like a joke, Juju. but also like, yeah. Um, you know, I, I really do think that they're probably going to get creative. Um, it seems like Beamer, I, I, I think he said this today in the press conference, like he's a bowl game Dude, he really yes, likes full games. He is. Um, and it seems like he, at least you know, in a small sample size that we've gotten so far, um, tries to have fun with it. It's an exhibition game. Um, it, it does, it is nice to win and, and carry into your offseason, but ultimately it doesn't matter that much. Um, so it's like, why not open up the playbook and have some fun with it? And I do expect them to do that a little bit.
1: I think we're gonna, gonna carry on Joyner being more involved to a by necessity because you got van and um Brooks out, but B. He can throw the ball. He was was nine for nine in the bowl game last year, right? Passing the ball. Um, I think there's a good chance you see to hear and join to throw some passes. Um, Kroger would be fun. And then there is what well, we're talking about the offense. We hit on earlier. Is there going to be a second tight end tomorrow? Are they going to move someone over there? Do we think like Wyatt Campbell's on this trip? We've seen what the practice is. Is that an option? Like, he hasn't played at all this year, I don't think. What do we think this second tight end could look like? Or are they, are they going to mess with it? They're just going to say one tight end or no tight end on the field.
0: Yeah, I mean I did see that uh, Beamer said something about basically like there's not gonna be too many tight two tight end sets. Um because I mean it'd be hard to do. Um it won't surprise me if they maybe bring in I mean you mentioned Tonka Hemingway or White Campbell, um probably not to, to catch passes or anything, but just if you need an extra blocker um in a short yardage scenario, something like that. I'm sure they have a package, like I'm sure they still have a jumbo package of some sort. Um, right, that utilizes multiple positions that would be called tight end, but I don't know if they're going to act as true tight ends other than Nate Atkins. Your
1: um, role, kind of.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so that, that's what I would expect there. One more name from Notre Dame. Just I'm trying to give people some guys to kind of look out for on the field. Cornerback um, Benjamin Morrison. Um, he's been. Notre Dame's probably top secondary player. He's got five interceptions so far this season, although those came across two games. Um, I imagine they're going to line him up on Antoine Wells. Um, Antoine yes. Wells is obviously the number one receiver for South Carolina. So I'll be interested to see what opportunities that opens up for other people. Um, but also, I don't think – But who? Wells is, is that yeah, going to be Joiner? Like, Well, Xavier Leggett's still around. Who right? are the other people um, for South Carolina?
1: Yep, Leggett will play tomorrow. It'll probably – when they go five wide tomorrow, geez, that's gonna look weird in this game. But if they go five wide at any point, it's probably gonna be Wells, Leggett, Amarian Brown. Um, who are they? Just blank. Wells, Leggett, Amerian Brown, Nay, Atkins, obviously, and uh, um, I just why am I? You got me. G- G- oh, you carry G- Joiner. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Joiner. That'd, um, that'd be your five wide tomorrow if they do that at any point, which I don't expect much of it.
0: It'll be interesting to see if we see any like uh, Landon Sampson, who, who is. I've heard, heard the
1: name Omega Blake floated around this week. Some guys have been impressed yeah. with him. He's been practicing with the team. The Bulls, obviously, he's a walk on. Um, uh, I, I rule he's nothing out, man. I think oh, a scholarship. Blake. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. I rule he's... nothing out, man. I I just don't. <laughs> Omega Blake's a freshman out of okay, Rock yeah. Hill. Um, and then. Landon Sampson was a four-star true freshman out of Texas. So obviously at this point earned uh, a redshirt year, but he could play in the bowl game without penalty. Um, so be interesting to see if we, we see any of that. Um, maybe like, right. Could he get a pass or two? Like
1: he's on scholarship now. Um, it's funny. We, here's a name you haven't thought about since August. Probably you missed Chad Terrell right about now.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's another one of those tight end departures. Um, he maybe towards ACL, you didn't leave the program right, but yeah right, right yeah um but yeah so it, it'll be interesting to see how they piece it together probably see a lot of juju mcDowell um christian bill Smith the healthy expected to play he looks back.
1: fine we, we had open practice periods periods mostly stretching but on Monday and tuesday um Cbs was out there' He's going through all of it he as far as i can tell he looked fine i i don't know how many carries he's gonna get i it, it's kind of the very short yardage back still it's kind of harder to work him in when you don't have marshawn lloyd i feel like um he's just so different than juju that's kind of polar opposite backs but as far as i can tell he should be getting some carries tomorrow He's still listed as a top back on the depth chart the two deep this week
0: yeah so with these two teams being basically mirror images of each other um missing some key players in spots but you know maybe and again i don't know that much about notre dame's roster like you're getting a backup quarterback, but you're getting a backup quarterback with game experience and a guy that had won the job coming off season. Um, So, you know, he's not a typical backup quarterback. He doesn't have, uh, you know, zero uh, cred or whatever. We don't really know who is the backup side in. We don't know who's going to step in on defensive line uh, on the defensive end for them. Probably not someone that's going to, you know, not their all time
1: leader in sacks like, in one hundred and thirty exactly. years of Notre Dame football. <laughs>
0: Exactly. So um, we tend to think that South Carolina has got better pivot options, I guess. Um, But who's to say? Uh, All right. So let's let's get down to it. Like, what what do you think is going to happen in this game? Do you foresee this being close? Do you have a prediction one way or another on who you think might win?
1: Oh, I got to I'll have my usual full preview running tomorrow morning on the website, probably. Um, I have a very hard time seeing this game getting to blow out territory either way. I don't think either offense is equipped enough to, like, get up by 30 points. I just – I don't – with what Notre name's losing in the passing game, with what South Carolina's, you know, lost in the running game, lost with, the, you know, Jaheim Bell explosiveness, I just – it's really hard for me to see a scenario where this game ends up, like, 31 to 10 because someone exploded on offense. Um, I think it's close. I think it's a back and forth. I think it's going to be a special teams play or two. I do think South Carolina wins this game. I said this to you before we started recording. I said it to some other people today. When it's close, when teams are even, when they're near images, when in doubt, I'm going with the better quarterback. And I think that's pretty clearly South Carolina in this case, with Spencer Rattler over Tyler Buckner. So I I think South Carolina wins tight, like 27, 24, maybe like 28, 21. In that mid kind of 20s range in a one possession game, South Carolina wins. I'll set I'll settle on a score prediction by tomorrow, but uh, what do you have?
0: Yeah, I, I I tend to lean that too. If I'm if I'm thinking about the the matchups here, right, um, I do think probably we'll see some some stuff on special teams both ways. Um, but if we're, if we're thinking about who do I expect, what do I expect to happen? Do I expect Notre Dame to run it down South Carolina's throat all game long? And that with them focusing on it, and South Carolina have no answer? Not really. That hasn't happened very often. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it hasn't happened very often. And then I look on the flip side and Notre Dame's weakness seems to be big plays in the secondary. And do I think that South Carolina can make some big plays in the secondary? I mean, they kind of have over the course of the year, um, especially lately uh, that they have that ability. So I just tend to think that South Carolina is going to make more plays than Notre Dame is um, if that's the way the game script plays out. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have the exact score i I do actually think both teams are going to score a good bit because of all of the uh, departures on each defense, especially you got first-round draft picks on each side that aren't going to be there. Um, maybe like 31-24 South Carolina, something like
1: that. A little bit higher than me, but yeah, I think one-score game. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I'm looking at the total. I'm looking for the total right now. I'm trying to see what this over-under is set at. G-g-g-G. The line right now is still Notre Dame favored by two, which it hasn't moved like since the – the match or not even by three. I actually have here now. It was a total at 50 right now. So that I guess my like 28, 21 is just under that at 49. You're slightly over that at 55. I think that's about right. About 50 ish total points in this game. Um, did you want to hit on some of the decisions for next year? Now that we've kind of gotten the bull stuff out of the way Some stuff we've heard this week from players about 2023.
0: Yeah, I have a few questions about this week. Um, yeah. Since you're down there in Jacksonville, you've been kind of interacting with the players. You guys get a lot of access, which is is really fun. Different. So it's, you, it's nice. Yeah. yeah, I hope you guys have been having a good time too. Um, so it seems like it's kind of a cool setup. I'm sure it'd be more, even more fun if you weren't in Jacksonville. Sorry, Jacksonville, but you know, it's um, uh, there's other businesses. dead downtown
1: by about eight thirty, nine o'clock at least tonight. Yeah. So earlier this week, <laughs> maybe that's just a weird like between christmas and new year's kind of thing but
0: pretty empty yeah, yeah i'm sure this weekend will pick up a little bit but there'll be a lot um, of garden blackout tonight i think yeah i did see um those of you that are traveling to the game uh traffic's already starting to back up a little bit so you know be early be patient make yourself a good playlist and uh, enjoy the ride <laughs> listen to the game
1: scoop podcast we got like a bunch of episodes from the whole season you can you can recap sure.
0: That's true. Go listen to all the wins. Those are much more fun. Of yeah, just, just the
1: Tennessee podcast, the Clemson <laughs> podcast, the, you know, the, the Texas A&M one was a good one.
0: Yeah. Just pick um, and choose. But anyway, so the big question is, um, are Spencer Rattler and Antoine Wells back uh, after the bowl game? I mean, they did commit to playing the bowling game. Uh, Beamer did say anyone that's entering the transfer portal, he doesn't want to play in the bowl game. Uh, but, it, you know, the NFL draft stuff's a little bit more fluid. Um, so what indications have you gotten from those guys about next year? And is there any other people that are kind of um, on the bubble there that you might have some insight on?
1: Yeah, so we had Rattler today. That's obviously the most important one at quarterback. Um, he wouldn't talk about it, wouldn't make a decision, focus on the bowl game. Very, as usual, Spencer Rattler, diplomatic answers. Um, I think the more interesting thing there – with Rattler, was yesterday we had Juice Wells, and he said he hasn't made a decision, but the quarterback's gonna play into it a lot. That was the first thing he said when he was asked, okay, when you do make the decision, what's gonna be the deciding factor? And like, you're kind of expecting to hear, like, oh, you know, my draft grade, Dowell Loggins. He said, no, the quarterback, that's gonna be the biggest thing. Um, I don't wanna say Spencer and Juice are tethered to each other. Like, if one goes, the other one will, with one say, the other one will say. I think that's how it could play out. Um, I know they've gotten pretty close over the year. Obviously, they've got a great chemistry on the field, um, and I don't know if Wells wants to do the three, two different quarterbacks in three years thing between James Madison Rattler and then another quarterback next year. Um, that's a speculation. I don't know. I think there's a chance that's how it plays out. And obviously, if Wells goes out and plays well in the bowl game, and you're stacking, you know, 11 catches against Tennessee, I think it was nine and two touchdowns against Clemson, and then a bowl game. My opinion, a better draft grade there. And then a couple others we've heard from this week. Um, Xavier Leggett said he expects to be back next year. Um, he had a quote being like, he's got it all there. He hasn't put it together yet, um, which I think most Alabama fans would agree with. Um, so there's that. Jordan Burt said he has not made a decision yet. That's going to be, a, of course, a big piece in that defensive line with, um, obviously, Gilbert Edmund gone now. And then Javon Gwynn said is probably gone. I, we might have touched on that last time. I don't remember. But he confirmed again, he's probably going to enter the NFL draft. So I think he'll be a, a day three pick, probably um, depth offensive lineman, at least as a rookie summer in the NFL. That's all the, all the guys we've heard from this week. I don't think anyone else has a decision to make that we haven't talked to. Am I blanking on anyone? No, NFL wise, not like portal or whatever, but
0: those were the names I was thinking of. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, Birch, I think he could benefit from coming back for one more year, but I, did I wouldn't. Um, be totally shocked if he doesn't either. Um, I don't know how he's a great
1: draft wise. He's kind of a weird prospect, just in terms of talent. Not so much lining up with production, but you see the way he tests and the kind of explosiveness he has when he can get off the ball. Like, it's a weird one. I could definitely see that going either way.
0: I mean, and he's had some like kind of jaw dropping plays here and there. Uh, it's just not yes. been consistent. So, um, and then yeah, with Rattler and Wells. So, I mean, just to give you the insider info or whatever, because that's you know, what uh, we get paid to do. Um, we did hear several weeks ago that both of those guys were leaning to come back. But with the caveat that uh, Marsha Lloyd was also on that list. And then we saw what happened there. Um,
1: I will say, I, again, could be wrong. I and Spence, I don't think that would be portal for Wells or Rattler. That'd be NFL probably. I, again could be wrong. Maybe there's some booster at Alabama who listened to the GameCock Scoop podcast who's about to oh Alan said that. I got you. Um I, I, I expect that to be NFL if they go.
0: Yeah. And we did talk about um Rattler just like signing a new deal with Mercedes or like one of those uh, car companies. So, you know. That doesn't necessarily mean anything about the future, but he uh, worked out something in the immediate present. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Again, it is somewhat dependent on the bowl game, too, I think. If they both blow up um, on a national stage against Notre Dame, yeah. following up that Tennessee Clemson uh, performance as well, then that is going to boost their, their draft stock a little bit. And there's a, a level that you could boost that to that it would make more sense for them to go, um, but if you're a South Carolina fan, it would definitely be nice to have them both back. Um, and I think from a national perspective, South Carolina would probably be pretty hyped going into next year if they both come back. So,
1: yeah, there's there's that there's that angle too. Like we can talk about it a little, but like it's I've always had this theory that like if you ask a college football fan on January 1st what their team's going to be next season, and then you ask them on August 1st, the number jumps at least two wins over the summer. I, it doesn't matter what team you cheer for. I think that's just the way it works. You get hyped, you get the players in, you get through spring ball. If South Carolina wins this game tomorrow and the end of the year, probably ranked in the top 15. If they like, let's say they signed Nicholas Harbor, you beat Clemson, you beat Tennessee, you beat Notre Dame, you signed your best class since 2013 on the ratings. At least you go into next year, probably ranked pretty high. Like, the hype meter, whatever you want to call it, will probably be the highest it's been since like clownies last year. Probably like it's yeah, going to be insane.
0: Uh, it's going to be a long off yeah. season. It's going to be insane. I tend to think most people's predictions would hover around double digits for, for the win total next year, which is- <sighs> Frick, man, <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: not saying that's wrong or that you shouldn't think like that. Uh, what are you here for if not to dream big? I will only say though, don't base your 2023 prediction on what happens tomorrow in the Gator bowl whatever you're feeling like it's a weird game. There's players out on both sides. I don't think it says anything bad about this team, this season or about next year. If South, no matter how they play tomorrow, in my opinion, but I can see how, if you're coming to Jacksonville, you're spending money, whatever you'd you'd want to see a good showing tomorrow. And I think they will at least keep it close. Maybe they don't win, but it should be a good performance. I would expect.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, one no so far in Bulls for Beamer and made one of their better games of the season last year. So
1: that's actually a good point too, which we didn't have on our sheet. But Beamer with the extra time to prepare, um, East Illinois last year, fine, whatever. But um, what was it? Florida coming out of the bye last year, yep. and then that's the game they blew up. Um, goddamn, this bad, year, basically. Yep, yep. Georgia State uh, this Ken- year, A this Kentucky, year, and Kentucky this year last because year because of the
0: weird weather. Kentucky thing. with the
1: hurricane game. So you're. I mean, what does that put him at 6-0 with more than seven days to prepare for a game now at South Carolina? Yeah. I didn't exactly. even think of that, but that's actually a pretty good point that Beamer kind of has the formula down for situations like this, I think. Um, so, and I so, guess Marcus Freeman, I don't know another out name to the other, but they lost their bowl game last year, which was Freeman's first game as coach.
0: Yeah. So another uh, reason to feel good about our pick, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So a couple more questions about the week. Um, you did mention that 2023 class. Um, one of the most underrated uh, players in that class, I think, is Pup Howard, linebacker, yes. at a position of need, right? Sherrod Green uh, most likely uh, is out of eligibility. I don't see how he wouldn't be. Um, and then you have um, Stone Blanton, who, you know, was a true freshman this year, got put in a tough scenario, Uh but we'll have to step up next year and then you got Pup Howard and then you know maybe they're gonna try to address linebacker in the portal. I think they will at least get yeah, Debo Williams too with the try to. Yes, right, right. Um Debo Williams. Um but anyway, so Pup Howard has been practicing with the team for bowl practice. Have you noticed anything or heard anything from some of the players about how he's progressed and you know, very, very early on, right? Like he should have he should be halfway through his senior year of high school right now, but he's practicing. Yeah, he's seventeen years
1: old still. He can't vote. He, he, he's on that Gigi Jackson track. Um, I actually asked Brad Johnson today. We had him at the presser at the stadium about, all right, you work with him closely. He's a linebacker. What have you seen? It was funny. First he goes, I don't know why they call him pup. He's not a puppy at all. He's so big, which is pretty funny. And then he's like, he mentioned that Pub Howard, he used the word sponge was what Brad Johnson said today that he just learns really fast. He's picking up stuff. He's doing a lot of film study on Notre Dame, even though he can't play in this game, which I thought was very interesting. Um, quite want to use the term addition by subtraction because I do think Sherrod has been in a real career with two major knee injuries. Brad, same thing. He's had his issues six years. I think there's a chance they could be better at linebacker next year, just by the natural progression. And that's nothing against Sherrod or Brad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think pub Howard's a really good football player. I know you've, we've had this conversation, I think on this podcast, he's probably underrated at least in the rivals rankings. Um, I think they can, that's, Again, I think you kind of feel sneaky good about this defense next year. That linebacker group, obviously, Inman and DQ Smith. You'll learn about some of these young corners tomorrow, probably. Um, you probably feel pretty good there on your defense next year as of December 29th for the next meaningful game other than the bold September of next year. But
0: Yeah, um, and by the way, I'm not being critical of rivals rankings. Actually, I look at the other rankings around the industry. I think Rivals is one of the more accurate ones, you know, across the board. But if I'm looking at an individual that I think is a little underrated, um, I think Bob Howard might be a little underrated. Um, So that, you know, we'll see. But uh, I do think he's immediately going to make an impact. I, I, you know, we talked a lot about Nick Kim and going into this season as becoming uh, a a name to look for and a a name that South Carolina fans are very quickly going to fall in love with. And I think that that proved to be true. So if we're going 2023 edition, Pup Howard is my my freshman that is going to make an immediate impact by seasons end. We'll have won a lot of people over. Um, if those of you that pay attention to recruiting, um, seen him on Twitter, sort of you know beating the drone for South Carolina. uh committed. So uh, he's I think he's got the personality uh, to be a leader even as a freshman um, and the physical talent to to make an impact pretty pretty early. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, last question about bowl week. Who mm-hmm. would you want on your top golf like round <laughs> robin team after going and seeing those guys all play right. yesterday?
1: I, I think a few of these names. Kai Kroger, which that should surprise nobody that's good at everything, but Kai Kroger was hitting nukes yesterday. Um, <laughs> Mitch Jeter, keeping they're like in a pocket together. I think they call him bays at top golf, like like six to a bay or whatever. Um, yeah. Mitch Gear was in that special teams group. He looked good. Colton Gauthier had a pretty good stroke. Um, he's from Georgia. That's golf country. Um, makes sense. And Stone Blanton, actually. I saw Beamer kind of hanging out at his place for a couple shots. He was hitting pretty well. That's kind of my, I don't know if I need a foursome, I guess. That's kind of yeah, where yeah. I start. Um, based I mean, on what I, I was able to.
0: It's probably Go a ahead. good sign that your your kicker and your punter are on that list. Then yeah, like that's it's probably a good sign. I mean, we've all
1: seen Kai Kroger sick about the five yard line all season. Like it should surprise nobody's got good touch on that stuff. Um that's kind of where I it was a it was a fun event yesterday. Um I really wish we could have seen like Cam Smith or Darius Rush play top golf. I feel like they might have had something to offer. Um <laughs> Antoine Wells um, was rough, I'm not gonna lie. I saw him whiff on a couple. <laughs> Um, probably should stick to catching footballs, not trying to hit golf balls. Um, Juju McDowell you, wasn't bad either. He had a few good shots too, which again, that shouldn't never, surprise anybody. He's pretty good at everything.
0: If you've never swung a club before, it's tough. I mean, definitely. Yeah, uh, well, I, yeah I'm sure there's a lot of guys there who hadn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, especially if like you have ever swung like a baseball bat or something, I feel like that actually makes it worse because you're. It just, does. There are a couple so guys, motivated.
1: I'm trying to think of specifically. You're kind of like. Holding it like a bat, and you're like trying to swing down at it. Yeah. Um, I don't uh I don't see Mark Kingston looking for uh, looking for any help there. Although we did. <laughs> Here's a note. Stone Blanton said he's gonna maybe go out for baseball in the spring. He was listed on the fall roster. He didn't play in fall, well, I don't think, but he said he's gonna have a sit-down with Kingston, they're gonna talk about it. You might see Stone Blanton play a little bit of baseball in the spring. That's one other bull presser note that I had here.
0: Yeah, and that was had. some. That was something that when he was being recruited, uh, was was yeah. talked about. So um, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Uh, he's legitimately a pretty good baseball player. Was a high school prospect that would have uh, gotten recruited on his own merit for just baseball. So um, anything else just from the week at Jacksonville? Like I said, you know, if you go to Orlando, the team goes to Disney, all that sort of stuff. Have you heard anything about like the swag bags that they've got? They're getting or just like no, I haven't heard that. that I know they went they to.
1: There? which the media wasn't at this because you need like government clearance and stuff. They went to the Naval base um, off the coast of Jacksonville. Uh, Everyone said that was pretty cool. That was a good time. Uh, They had top golf yesterday. They had, um, I can't think of what it's called now, their community service event thing, which Notre Dame had one of those two. They're like packing boxes of stuff for food or I can't remember exactly, but they had that. Um, And yeah, it seems like everyone's having a good time. They're, ready and Beamer actually was talking about it today you know when you're you he, he mentioned he's a bowl game guy like he you work hard all year you, you spring ball summer ball summer workouts fall camp 12 games yeah have fun this week it's a bowl game you know you're not going to get stupid but you're here you're in Florida the weather's warm it was cold earlier in the week but it warmed up pretty nicely the last couple of days um yeah you should be here having fun getting ready to play a game and if you can win tomorrow you can beat Notre Dame that's that's even better but It's a bowl trip. It's not Disney. It's not Vegas. It's not Nashville. Um, we're in Jacksonville, Florida, but you can still have a good time here and it sounds like that's what's happening.
0: Definitely. Well, for those of you that are watching the game at home tomorrow, we will have a live thread on gamecockscoop.com in the insiders forum. That's always fun. Uh, both Alan and I are kind of giving updates, but also our kind of live analysis of the game. Uh, then we'll have several things breaking down the game, uh, leading into it for the rest of today through tomorrow morning, and then stuff breaking down the game afterwards. We'll be back here early next week to talk review of the game and then start to talk about some off-season storylines. Hopefully, we'll start to get some clarity on uh, some of these players that are kind of on the line or whatever and kind of know what the depth chart is looking like and who, which positions South Ghana might target in the portal. Um, uh, you know the the rest of the twenty twenty three recruiting class, all that fun stuff. The off season around here, you know, isn't really the off season. I feel like it actually gets a lot busier in <laughs> the off season. So uh, lots of yeah, especially with February signing
1: day now, and we got conference play starting basketball for the women tonight. For the men, I think Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so keep an eye on that. And if you're into your some of y'all I know like your history, you want to learn maybe if you're younger. I wrote a big one of the last time South Carolina played Notre Dame. Talked to four guys on that team. They went to South Bend and they beat him with a big comeback. Um, that's on the website at GameCuzCoop.com. Check that out if you haven't yet.
0: Yeah, uh, my dad actually really loved that one. He was Thanks. in college that. doing the education exam. He was a teacher for 25 years or whatever. Um, maybe longer. Sorry if I got that wrong, dad. <laughs> but uh, he... Uh, said he missed the first half of that game and then like rushed home and, and saw them pull off the win there. Um, so yeah, that was a really cool article. Go check that out on GameCoxScoop.com. Um, until next time, this has been Caleb and Allen with the GameCoxScoop.com podcast. We'll see you.